Praise God. Thank you so much. What a welcome. What a beautiful privilege to be here. Gosh, turning up along the road there and seeing the sun glistening off the river. I thought it was in the Riviera. <laughs> and uh, it just got better as we kind of turned into the town. And you live in a beautiful town, you know that, don't you? It's absolutely exceptional. And you come in here then and you have the warmth of the welcome from Pastor Enda and Angela. And, you know, they're... Two daughters, Rebecca and Emma as well, just such a support and blessing. The team here, you guys are a very blessed people, amen? Uh, and I think more than someone that's just a bit of a blow-in for an hour today, you need to give it up for your pastors and bless them for all that they do. I've nothing but genuinely, it's not, it's not blowing hot air and it's just not kind of being full of gas after the journey, I tell you. I tell you, I have nothing but admiration for your pastors. The sacrifice to have what you have and that you're enjoying and that many of you just walked into today to take for granted has taken dedication, years of prayer, sacrifice, crying out to God at various stages of the night and the morning and believing that the Lord would do something and to see the fruit of it today. Honestly, guys, we honor you and we bless you and it really is something to behold the sense of God's presence during the worship. Was anyone else kind of going, what's going on here, Lord? Powerful. And to be part of this in our day, what a joy it is. Susan uh, brings her love and blessings. And uh, praise God, we're married 26 years now. We have four children. Uh, John and Daniel are twin boys, twin men. God, help me. <laughs> twin men, 24 years of age now. And uh, we have our own Rebecca. The fight of Rebecca's, uh, Rebecca Joy is 22, and then Rachel Grace is 19. Uh, we've been in serv serving in St. Mark's since 2001, and leading uh, CCI now the last nine years. So, glory to God, we're in awe of God's hand upon our lives, and being here and being part of what everybody's doing for the Lord is just our privilege, and it's all of our journey, and we thank God for that. Because I don't know if you've noticed, but the world's in a bad place, and um, it's been exceptionally frightening and scary uh, staying in touch with the news and our social media feeds and reading up on what's been going on. Uh, a few weeks ago, we were concerned about what was going on in Ukraine. Some of us keeping an eye on China and Taiwan, and then our eyes were cast very readily into the Middle East. And then we've got stuff going on locally with regard to economy and how things are going and this thing called inflation and cost of living that's impacted so many people in this place and in our church as well. And there's just this topsy-turvy feeling within this thing we call life. And one of the things that I've been drawn to and that I've been challenged by is the peace of God. And, and we, we can preach and we can do a bit of a job up here, but, but every preacher knows that when they go home, that they are going to be, dare I say, even judged more harshly. Teachers will be judged more harshly uh, than the listeners. We see that in the New Testament. The, the, the peace that I get to preach about or the peace that I get to encourage people to move in and to leave, live in 
do I have that peace? Am I, am I living in that peace? Have I got that sense of the Prince of Peace with me every step of the way in my journey, in my life, in my circumstances, in what's going on in my home, in my marriage, with my children, in my extended family, in my neighborhood, in my city, in my world? And I believe that God wants to bring us into a real experience of His peace because He is peace. And when we have Jesus, He is the Prince of Peace. When we have Jesus, we have peace. And to know this peace that surpasses even our understanding, to have that sort of peace, that's the peace that I want to experience. That's the peace I want to remind you of today that is ours in Jesus Christ. Amen. It's great to be in a live church. It's great to be in a church that's alive, more importantly. And God wants His peace to be very much alive in us. He wants it to be real and he wants it to be true. We're going to turn in our Bible today to Isaiah chapter 26. We're going to read the first 15 verses and we're getting some of the foundational understanding of peace from the scriptures and it's so good to be able to not just have the New Testament for our understanding of peace but to be able to go to the Old Testament. For those who like a bit of context, Isaiah 24 and 25 points to the day of Messiah's ultimate triumph and that's something that we need to keep our eye on in these days. The day when the Messiah reigns over Israel and over the whole world. In that day there will be many, many joyful songs and this is one of them. Isaiah 26 verse 1. In that day this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. God makes salvation its walls and ramparts. Open the gates that the righteous nation may enter, the nation that keeps faith. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is stayed on thee or what we have here, those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever for the Lord. The Lord himself is the rock eternal. He humbles those who dwell on high. He lays, he lays the lofty city low. He levels it to the ground and casts it down to the dust. Feet trample it down, the feet of the oppressed, the footsteps of the poor. The path of the righteous is level. You, the upright one, makes the way of the righteous smooth. Yes, Lord, Walking in the way of your laws, we wait for you. Your name and your renown are the desire of our hearts. Amen, Lord. My soul yearns for you in the night, in the morning my spirit longs for you. When your judgments come upon the earth, the people of the world learn righteousness. But when grace is shown to the wicked, they do not learn righteousness. Even in a land of uprightness, they go on doing evil and do not regard the majesty of the Lord. But Lord, your hand is lifted high. They do not see it. Let them see your zeal for your people and be put to shame. Let the fire reserved for your enemies consume them. Lord, you establish peace for us. All that we have accomplished, you have done for us. Lord, our God, other lords beside you have ruled over us, but your name alone do we honor. They are now dead, they live no more, their spirits do not rise. You punished them and brought them to ruin. You wiped out all memory of them. You have enlarged the nation, Lord. You have enlarged the nation. You have gained glory for yourself. You have extended the borders of your land. Lord, we thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk to you today about strong peace. We have a need these days in the strength of all the bad news that's coming at us, at our minds, not our inner beings. We have a need 
for strong peace. Isaiah 26 portrays the faith of God's people as a strong fortified city and the community of the redeemed is like the city of God. And being in community and being in church is a key to real peace. I don't know if you realize, but by you being here today, you've given yourself access to peace. When we come and we exhibit and we enjoy and we are part of community, that by very nature gives us access to the peace God wants us to have. I don't know if you've ever kind of been out of sorts and you've come into a community of faith. It might have been that you've met up with some friends in a coffee shop for a Bible study or you've gone to the house of a believer for a cup of tea in the kitchen or indeed you've come to church on a Sunday or you've gone to the prayer meeting on Tuesday morning and you're out of sorts and you even walk in the room and you just feel... I already feel different. Nobody said anything. Nobody's done anything. No one's opened the scripture yet. There is something about the being together with believers, with fellow believers, that gives us access to peace. And so one of the things that we totally encourage people to do is not give up meeting together or somewhere in the habit of doing, because when we isolate ourselves, that is one sure way to lose our peace and to lose our sense of the peace of God being in us and on us. In this city, salvation are its walls and its ramparts and its bulwarks. And this salvation is strong. And because our salvation is strong, we have a strong salvation from the Lord. It is a salvation that will endure. Then we have a peace that endures. If we had a flaky salvation, if we had a wondering, I don't know if I've done enough good work salvation, we wouldn't have peace. But because we've got a strong salvation from a strong God in a strong city, we have a strong peace. Everything that God does is intentional, and everything that He does is layer upon layer of truth and strength. He never leaves us wondering or on shaky ground. He is the God who wants to be the rock on which we stand. This God and this city, it's a secure place, a secure city, a secure refuge, a secure dwelling, so its inhabitants have peace. It is strong and it is full of peace, this city in Isaiah 26, because God is central and because God is at the core of all that it is and all that it represents. When you are in the city in Isaiah 26, you feel the strength of its strength. You, you enjoy all of its its stability, all of its security. And that is exactly what the Lord wants us to enjoy, being in Christ. When you look at the New Testament, the amount of times it is pointed to us being in Christ, in Him, that's all about this understanding of us perceiving ourselves being in a strong city, understanding ourselves surrounded by thick, strong ramparts and walls of salvation, understood that we are in a safe place in Him. And in Christ, we are secure in our new Jerusalem. You know, we're, we're born again. We're, we're born of water and the Spirit. We're born from above. And then a, a New Testament, and forgive me, I haven't got it exactly pointed to, but alludes to the whole thing of us being born from the new Jerusalem that's from above, so to speak. And, and there's this connection between our salvation and this great city because of the King of Kings being the Lord of this great city, this new Jerusalem. We are secure in our salvation. And because we have this security from our 
being part of the community of the New Jerusalem, because we are established in this city, because we have this strong salvation and security in this city, we have peace. And this peace is yours, and this peace is mine. Is it because I'm an especially nice person? Is it because I have done this, that, and the other? Is it because I'm wearing a navy jacket today? No, it's got nothing to do with anything else other than the Lord Jesus Christ. It's all about Him. It's all from Him. It's all to Him. He is our peace. He is our great city. He is our salvation. He is the walls of salvation around about us. He is the rock on which we stand. He is our foundation. He is our security. Anything that has strength, Jesus is. And he has accomplished this for us. But at times, Satan seeks to penetrate the walls, doesn't he? And there are times when Christians will stumble from their place of peace. It might be that you make a wrong choice. You might be sitting here today and you've had a bad week. Maybe you've used your tongue against those that love you most. Maybe you've had a bit of an angry week. Maybe you've had a hot-tempered week. Maybe you've just been losing the run of yourself. Maybe you've been made, making some bad choices. We were encouraged at the very start of the service here just to look at things that we might be enslaved by. And so the, the enemy will come and, and, and he will kind of knock on your heart and he'll say, gosh, the walls are down, aren't they really? The walls are down and you call yourself a Christian. Are you, are you really a Christian? Are you really saved? And you can get people who are spiritually residing in a thick-walled city of salvation wondering if they're really saved. How cunning is the enemy that causes people that should rejoice in their salvation wondering if they're actually saved? What a liar the enemy is. The enemy hates the fact that you're in that city of security, that city of refuge, that city of safety, that you are in Christ. He hates that. And, and he, he can't take you out of that. But he can certainly have a go at you enjoying the truth of that. And what a liar he is as he comes to rob you of your joy and your peace when you're already held in the palm of his hand. And I, I want to encourage you today that if you have had a bad week, you're still no less in that city of salvation than you were the week before when you might have had a good week. Amen. It's a bit like Noah and his family when they're in the ark. And we know that they got into the ark, praise the Lord, and we know that the Lord was the one who closed the door and sealed it up, and then the flood came. It doesn't say when they were like, you know, about two months riding high above the waves of destruction. It doesn't say that, like, and thus, you know, no one and his wife had an argument one of the nights and they were chucked off the boat. <laughs> it, it, do, it doesn't say that, you know, the children of Noah were mean and they wouldn't share, share their animal toys with each other. And hence, they were thrown overboard. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't say anything about their humanity on the ark and what sort of days they had. It just said that the Lord put them in, sealed them in, and they were done. Yeah. And that's the way it is with us in Christ. Do we have responsibility to live as He would like? Of course we do. And we're filled by the power of God, the Spirit of God, to live in the light and to be witnesses to the light. Absolutely. 
But my brother, my sister, you are in the ark when you're in Christ. You're in the city of salvation when you're in Christ. And that's the fact. And then we'll take it from there. But don't let the enemy come and rob your peace. You need to build up your walls of faith. And maybe that's what I'm here for today, just for somebody to have their walls of faith built up again. To be reminded of who you are, whose you are, that he's got a hold of you, that he's never intending on letting you go. And that once you're in his city of salvation, there's no getting out of it. Glory to God. So we build up the walls and we restore our faith and we restore our sense of peace by understanding where we are. The walls speak of salvation and they speak of security. I remember a few years back, um, my kind of whole family have kind of sought to, as you were saying, you know, Ennis Gorty, more or less born and bred. For us, it's Luke and West Dublin, uh, more or less, more or less born and bred. And, uh, sorry, I'm dribbling. Can't take me anywhere, Sue. I remember, I remember years ago, um, I was just very, very discouraged. And I went over to my mum and dad's house, who, surprise, surprise, live in Lucan as well, as I do, as my two brothers do. My sister's the only one that escaped. <laughs> uh, and the house was empty for some reason. And I remember walking around. And you know, you know when you're kind of in your parents' house, you don't really take time to notice the photographs that are on the walls. Some of them are just pure embarrassing and you don't want to see them. <laughs> Did I really wear that jumper during the 80s? It's like, there, there's just... But, but it was one day where I just was really taking notice of it. And, and I looked, and do you know the way when you're in a photograph and you look at that photograph and you can remember what was in your head the day that photograph has been taken? Or you're transported back to what you were going through at that time that photograph was taken. And it was like the Lord was showing me all of these seasons in my life. All of these seasons. And he was reminding me of his faithfulness. And he was reminding me of the seasons he brought me through. And he was reminding me of the seasons of challenge and torment and doubt. And stuff that was coming against me. And all of these seasons. And here I was all of these years later. And what was happening was the walls were speaking salvation to me. The walls were speaking to me. God was giving a testimony of my life back to me about his faithfulness. And I would encourage you to do the same today and this week when you go home. Let the walls of the city speak salvation to you. When you go home to your home and you look at some of those photographs and you look at those collectibles that have maybe expressed a season in your life that you've just kept Remind yourself and encourage yourself in the Lord about his faithfulness to you and the fact that he has always sought to be your peace. We need a strong peace today. We have a strong peace because our peace giver is strong and he has put us in a strong city and there's no taking us out of Jesus. We're not going to be in Christ today and out of Christ tomorrow. We are in Christ forever once we have given our lives to him and we can praise him and we can bless him. Brothers and sisters, we need a fearless peace. Amen. Verse 2 said this, Open the gates that the righteous nation may enter, the nation that keeps faith. You know that peace is winning and fear is losing when the doors are open. 
There's no need, there's no need for fear in this city because God is within the city. So you open the gates that God's people may enter in. And you keep the gates open because you have no fear of the enemy. There's no fear of the enemy. Fear closes so many doors. It closes the door of people's potential. It closes the door of people's hearts. It closes the door of people's minds. And the enemy would like nothing more than in these difficult days for Christians to have closed minds, closed hearts. If there is anyone, anyone that we are tempted to close our hearts to, any race, any religious background, any geographical place, person, if there's anyone that we are tempted to close our hearts down to, close our minds to, we are not living in the peace that Jesus Christ wants for us. Open the gates, open the doors for the King of glory that the righteous nation may enter. How do I know if I'm full of fear? Well, I'm closed down, I'm sorry. I'm closed off. I'm shut in and I'm shut down. I'll try and protect my plot. And so I'll close everything down. How do I know when I'm full of peace? Well, I'm open. I'm an open book. I'm an open life. I'm an open heart. You see, we open up and we open wide for God. I felt that this was something I needed to say to someone here today. It's like, it's like you have maybe stepped up and stepped out before and you've been very bold and emblazoned for the Lord and the Lord wanted you to open up, open up your life, open up your gift and to be vulnerable and you were eaten alive, you were shot down and it caused you to go back in fear and to close down and it's like the Lord has told me to come today and say it's time to raise the shutters and open up again. Anyone who ever does ministry, anyone who ever steps up to the parapet, anyone who ever steps into what God has called them to do will be shot down. 100%. 100%. Might even be by your own family. Might even be by, by your own family. I'm even thinking of David, and he's en route to take on Goliath, and he's got his family Samuels with him. His dad has said, would you take up this food, bring them up a few Sambos from Centra, bring them up before, before they get into battle. And David's on his way. And who are the people that give David the most deriding discouragement? His brothers. His own brothers. We should never, ever, ever be... In, in fact, you should nearly look at it as confirmation that God has got you on the right path. So we have this, we have this desire and we say, Do you know what, Lord? I'm going, to, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to step up. I'm going to step out. I'm going to open up. I'm going to be open for business. I'm going to be open for kingdom business. I'm going to open my heart, open up the gift that you've given me to use it. And Lord God, I am going to be open. And what happens when we're open? We're vulnerable. Always vulnerable. And you need to pray for your pastors and you need to pray for your leaders. Because the best leaders that I know, like your own, are people that live life open. And when you're open... You don't have any defenses. You're not closed. And when you're open, you're going to be open to receiving the stones in the head, the darts in the heart. You're going to be open to all of that criticism. But you remain open 
Because you know that's the posture of grace and that's the posture of God. And the Lord has never wanted us to be a closed people. He's always wanted us to be an open-handed people, an open-hearted people, an open-minded people. Because He has given us so much grace and He's given us so much forgiveness and He's brought us into a life that we didn't deserve. So why should we hold on to it and believe that it's just for us when it's for everybody? Are you open for kingdom business? Is your heart open? Is your mind open? Because fear is the only thing that closes doors, closes hearts and closes minds. It closes doors of opportunity that God has in store for you. And the only thing I can encourage you to do today is to open up in the peace of God, believing that even if trouble does come externally, you have the peace of God internally. Some people here are fearful for their future. But you know, when we're fearful for our future, that's saying, God, I don't trust that you've a plan for my life. I don't believe that you've got overriding control and that you are the sovereign king. Psalm 24 says, Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Swing wide, you everlasting doors, that the king of glory may come in. Wouldn't it be so sad if in a different season the Lord wanted to bring a fresh anointing or he wanted to bring a fresh touch or he wanted to move you into a fresh piece of pasture or he wanted to use you in a fresh place of ministry and you've got the gates shut. But we swing wide the gates that the King of glory may come in. Philippines 4 verse 4 to 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Let your hatred be evident to all. No. Let your fear be evident to all. No. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God wants to bless everyone in this place with a fearless peace. He does not want you to be captive to fear. Because fear has reigned too long in hearts of Christians. God wants us to have a strong peace. He wants us to have a fearless peace. He wants us to have perfect peace. He will keep, we read it there, didn't we, in verse 3. He will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is stayed, is stayed on thee. Perfect peace. Do you know what the translation is there, brothers and sisters? The translation is shalom, shalom. He will keep in shalom, shalom. For those of you who love to study, it's, it's just miraculous. When you look and you see that it's just the two words, shalom, shalom, beside each other. He will give a double portion of peace. He will give peace beyond any peace that you can even imagine in singular form. He will give you a double portion, an overflowing experience of peace. He will give you if you will fix your eyes, your mind, your heart on Jesus. On the King of Kings, he will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is stayed on thee, on he or she who is steadfast in the Lord, the peace of God that truly does surpass our understanding. This peace, we're going to be celebrating it again, and I don't know if we'll connect with this in our heads and hearts, but this peace is ours, and we're coming up to the Christmas story again in December. And Isaiah 9 verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, 
everlasting Father, Prince of... And then what's the next verse say? Of the increase of his government and of the increase of his peace, there will be no end. Wow. Now, I, I think darkness is increasing. But you know what else is increasing? His peace. Lord, do you have a peace that would match the insecurity of these days, the trouble of these days? A monotron. Of the increase of my government, of my leading, of my sovereignty, and the increase of my peace, there will be no end. He is our peace. He is perfect peace. His peace is perfect. He is the one that he wants us to fix our eyes on because he's the only one that we can trust. He has done all and he is all for us and all that we need. He is peace without limits. He is the one of whom there will be no end. So we keep going to him, even if we feel a bit lacking in peace, even if we feel we're leaking peace, even if we feel we don't have enough peace for this next part of our journey, we go to him because he is perfect peace. Imagine this week, if all you remembered from this message is shalom, shalom. That, that even over yourself, when you wake up in the morning, you know, before the caffeine hits, and you're there going, oh my Lord. If we would just kind of say, if we just kind of go, shalom, shalom. God, your, your desire for me today is shalom, shalom. Perfect peace, double portion of peace. And everyone in this place knows that the peace in Scripture, shalom, is so much more than the word peace. It's wholeness, contentment, fullness, abundance. The shalom word is the most beautiful word. Do a study on it. It's amazing. And so we have contentment. In double portion, we have fulfillment in double portion. We have completeness in double portion. We have wholeness in double portion. We have peace in double portion. You have access to not just peace. You have access to perfect peace. And this perfect peace will keep you in perfect peace no matter what's going on in our imperfect world. How great is our God. We're nearly there and I say that to give you hope. God, God gives us deep peace, a deep peace, not superficial, not Sunday smile peace. He gives us deep peace. Verse 4 of Isaiah 26 said, Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, the Lord himself, is the rock eternal. In, in any real relationship, you know that you're in deep when you trust that person. Amen. You know you're in deep. You know you're in solid when you trust that person. Irish people, and I know we're blessed by so many new Irish, and we're so blessed by all the people that God has brought to our shores to bless our nation and our island. But Irish people are quite suspicious by nature. You know, we're full of the crack, and we're full of, ah, there you go, you mad thing, and, you know, <laughs> slapping each other in the back, and we're, we're very warm and welcoming but, but we, we have kind of got the old, um, old checking them out eye. You know what I'm saying? Ah, oh, now we'll see now if they're really what they say they are. And so when, when we begin to open up and begin to share about our lives and our fears and our darknesses, in fact, when we do that New Testament thing where we confess our sins one to the other, 
then you know that you're trusting that person. Then you, ha- you know that you have a trusting environment and culture in your church. When you're not afraid to go and confess your sins one to the other, where we don't go and confess our sins one to other, that, that means we don't trust each other, and that means that we think we'd be judged or not loved or cast out. But when we have a peace and we have a trust in our relationships, that leads to just openness and honesty and trust. Genuine trust leads to deep peace. And I guess one of the questions just the Lord would have me ask my heart and your heart to stay is, do you trust me? And we would kind of go, of course I trust you, Lord. And then he'd say, well, then why are you so fearful? Well, no, I don't think that's the way it's connected. No, it is connected that way. When we trust him, when we have faith in him, when we have confidence in the chair that we're sitting on because we believe it's going to hold us up, do you not have trust and faith and confidence in God holding you up these days? So why would we not have anything other than deep peace? Deep peace comes to those who know their God and trust their God, who realize, I am a child of God. There can be no real deep peace without real deep trusting and God is calling us to trusting him like never before when we trust him deeply we have a deep peace not just for today and for just being in church but we have a deep peace for our journey and in verses 7 to 8 of Isaiah 26 we read the path of the righteous is level the upright one has made the righteous way smooth Lord, walking in your way, we wait for you. Your name and renown are the desire of our hearts. He wants you to trust him. He wants you not to be full of worry. Do not be anxious about anything, the Lord said, as you make your way through life. He makes a way where there seems to be no way. Be at peace. Do not be anxious. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour, a single minute to your life? He has set your course before you. He marks out the race that we are to run. He makes level paths for the feet of his saints. And if they're really rough paths, he gives us the feet of a deer that we can skip through and over those rough paths. He makes the way of the righteous smooth. And as we trust in him, and as we make his name and his renown the desire of our hearts, he leads us and we are at peace. As we seek deep peace, as we seek peace that is full of depth, substantial peace, We need to make sure that we are seeking the heart of God and we are seeking the renown of God, that we are seeking to exalt the name of God. If our focus is our own name and our own renown, peace will be robbed. Anytime, anytime I am tempted to even think I am anything, I can feel the peace lift off me. But every time I bring glory to his name and I live and move and have my being seeking to bring about his renown and expanding his fame and his reputation, I'm so much more full of peace. Isn't that extraordinary? That's typical of scripture, of biblical Christian Christianity. The more I pour out unto him, the more he pours in. 
is his name, is his renown something that your heart is focused on? Is his name the main name that you're interested in? Or is it our own name? God wants you to have deep peace today. And so in Christ today, we can have the privilege of seeking to exalt his name and seeking to use our lives to expand the knowledge of his renown that he would get all the glory. Final point today, established peace. I loved uh, verse 8. Yes, Lord, wake, sorry, walking in the way of your laws, we wait for you. We've just said it, your name and renown and desire of our hearts. I say that again just to say, when we live that way, when we live for his name and his renown, that shows that peace has been established in our lives. And that's such a key thing just to reiterate. But verse 12 is where I want to take this point. Verse 12 said, Lord, you establish peace for us. All that we've accomplished, you have done for us. Peace is established when we honestly realize that all we accomplish, God has done for us anyway. When you walk around an escorty, uh, you're going to walk by uh, some beautiful facades, shop fronts, old schools, old buildings. You're going to see maybe in the apex of the roof, you're going to see a little circle and you'll see ESTB, established. And it might say established 1886, established 1912, established 11 years ago. Glory to God. Just think back to the day when you made the Lord Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. Just think of that month and that year and then just put down the word established. Established, set firmly in place, built upon the rock, firmly set in the heavenly city, firmly put into the salvation that is ours through what Jesus Christ did on the cross and through his resurrection and ascension. How amazing is it that peace is established in you from the day that you gave your life to Jesus Christ because you came into that place of peace and of great salvation. When we realize that Jesus Christ is our peace and when we realize that he has done everything that we need for salvation and for future security, then we are established in peace. We can have this understanding of verse 12. Lord, you have established peace for us. All that we accomplish, you have done for us. So we understand that it's not self-manufactured and we understand that it's not about the power of positive thinking. We understand that it's all about God. It's all about his power, all that he has done, all that he is doing. It's all about his name and renown. It's all about his salvation. It's all about his finished work. It's all about his great and glorious city, the new Jerusalem. It's all about the power of the Holy Spirit. It's all about the strength in the word of God. It's all about the strength in the community of the saints. It's all about the power we have in prayer. It's all about everything that comes from Jesus Christ. And he has established you in this church, a live church. He has put you here. He has planted you to establish you in this house that you would go from strength to strength, from peace to peace, from function to function, from glory to glory. Ever increasing glory is the journey of the saints. And he has established you here. 
on purpose, for purpose. And I pray in Jesus' name that you would have that incredible peace in the depth of your being, that you would understand that you are established in peace. And no matter what goes on, this next week or month or year in Enniscorthy or and the surrounding areas to Enniscorthy, no matter what goes on, no matter what this one might say or that one might say, you're established in peace. No matter what local newspaper might come out and say, do you know what? They're, they're all Egypts in there. You are established in peace. No, no matter, no matter what, what any radio station does, anyone who calls in, I remember going there and they weren't very nice. No matter what anybody says, when I think through the years, <coughs> excuse me, all of the articles that have been in the newspaper, Renzik Marks, all of the people that have been on, there have been things when even people got onto Joe Duffy and said the most ridiculous stuff against the church. God has established us. Not, not Sean Malarkey, not Susan Malarkey. God has established us. Have we made mistakes? Absolutely. Because the last time I looked, church is made up of human beings. Do you same here? So, so that's, that's the reality. We're going, to, we're going to fluff our line sometimes. We're going to make... I'm, I'm, not talking about, I'm not talking about intentional, devious undertakings. That, that should never be near the house of God. I'm just talking about life and, and challenges and stumbles along the way. But when I, when I look, when I look through the years, when I look through the years, only a couple of months ago, um, there was this person that came to the church and, and they came to, to write an article uh, and came with a particular bent and a particular attitude. By the end of the service, that person was in the prayer line looking for prayer. God has established us. God has established us. And God has established you. And God wants you to be reminded that you are firmly set in his house, in his city, in his Christ. He has put you in a place where you can receive all the peace that you need, where you can be a person who enjoys strong peace, fearless peace, perfect peace, deep peace, as you're established in the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is your peace. He has broken down every dividing wall of hostility. So open up those gates, open up those doors to your life, open up your heart, open up your gift, use that gift before Christmas even, use every gift he has given you, be open, be lavish because you've got peace and dare I say when that day comes and it will come to all of us when we, are, when we know we're like a second or two away from that final breath, we will have peace. What, to think of it now we go, will I? We, we will have peace because he is our peace. And, I, and I, love, I love that kind of understanding in the New Testament where it says, you know, that we will be swallowed up by life. This is our God. This is who he is. This is what he's all about. And he wants to bless you with shalom this day.